it's coach tori and this is raising runners we talk running fitness mental health and so many more topics as the founder of a youth running program i approach all of our conversations with our youth athletes in mind and kind of have a focus around those things but as you will see we are finding that all of these topics relate to runners and people who like to move and do fitness or anything like that um, relates to everybody check it out In today's episode, I get to talk with Emily Cole, who is a runner at Duke. She is an author of the book, The Player's Plate, and she's a podcaster of the show called Player's Platform. Um, And I'm sure she is so many other things, but those are all the things that we got to talk about today. Well, she's a student because she runs at Duke. Um, Those are all the things that we got to talk about today. Um, super incredible person, definitely a fun episode. She has great energy. So you'll get to see that um, in our conversation. She talks about her book, which is going to be dropping November 2nd, I believe she said. Um, So all the links to find that will be in the show notes, but definitely check out the episode. She has a really inspiring story. And she also has just an amazing mission of wanting to help young athletes be, you know, as healthy and balanced as they possibly can, which as everybody knows, is super important to me as well. So it was really nice to get to talk with her about all of those things. So check it out. Let's do it. All right. Well, (laughs) to start, I guess, can you just give us an intro in who you are and you can say whatever about yourself, um, just so that we know who we're talking to? For sure. So my name is Emily Cole and I'm a senior on the Duke track and field and cross country teams. And I have another year of eligibility, so I'm not quite leaving the college running world yet, but I actually wrote a book that has come out this month and the paperback version will be released November 2nd called um, The Player's Plate. And it's all about it's a guide to finding balance while chasing your dreams as an athlete, specifically with regards to sports nutrition and also just in life as an athlete. So I'm really excited about that and honored to be on the show. Okay. So first question, and then this is like how out of touch I am now with like the high, high school, college, like that time frame running <laughs> is cross country season over. Are you in like the end of it? Where are you at in cross country? So we are in competition season. So I actually race ACCs this Friday. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. We're definitely like getting towards the end. And it's just funny because we've only raced like three meets so far. And so everyone that I tell that to, they're like, what? I thought your season just started. I'm like, no, we're at the end. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So how's the season going? It's good. Yeah. I am like, I have always been like, more excited for whenever we get into track season. Um, but I've been really enjoying it. I think it's been cool to kind of, I mean, I just love cross country season in general because it's so gritty and just like hard. And I love the girls in the team this year too. Oh, that's awesome. So track, do you do indoor too? Is that what you said? Or just outdoor? Yeah. I I guess like at this point, everybody does both of them, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, this is how out of touch I am with like, no, I love it. (laughs) Right. I'm like, I'm not that old, but like too old to know what's going on. (laughs) Um, And what is your indoor and outdoor event? So for indoor, I do the mile and the 3k. 
And then for the outdoor, I do the 15 and the steeple primarily. Oh, somehow I missed that you do steeple. I didn't realize that. That is <laughs> intense. Which, uh, so which yeah. one do you like more? The steeple or what you said, 1500? Or do they do the um, mile or 15? They do the 15. I, it's hard to say. I definitely, so like I got to go to NCAAs and the US champs for the steeple last year. So I'm definitely biased towards the steeple for sure. But I love the 15. I just love how short it is and like, it feels like a sprint. I know sprinters would laugh at me saying that, but compared to all the distance races that we do, it really feels like it goes by so fast. Oh my gosh. Well, and that was always the thing that I like had to grab. So I was like middle distance when I ran to, um, okay. but more like 400, 800. And I'm like, you get so stuck in that weird of like sprinters are like, that's way too far. But then like the distance people are like, that's really short. Um, yeah. so like that funny middle ground. Um, kind of like fast, but when I'm even fast forwarding, but like skipping ahead to things that I know about you that nobody else will, the listeners don't know <laughs> about you yet. Um, what are you going to school for? Cause I feel like I have assumptions, but I don't want to just assume I know because I know things about you. Yep. So I am majoring in computer science with a focus in machine learning and a minor in economics. Well, it's a good thing I asked because that was like not on, <laughs> if I had a top five list of what I thought you were going to school for, it was none of those things. So, um, wow. What do you want to do with that? So I have always been super, I love math and I've always been super fascinated by tech and how it's really just changing the world. I'm obviously very big into social media, which uses a lot of like machine learning and, and coding in understanding how algorithms work and things like that so the main reason why I'm so passionate about it is like number one I love it in general I love like the problem solving nature of computer science but then also because I'm so passionate about like sports nutrition and health I would love to have so like I have the aura ring and I love all the like insights it gives you about like your sleep and recovery and I'd love to be able to like basically be a part of or create some company one day that helps people in the same way, like with regards to nutrition, because I think that machine learning definitely has the potential to change people's lives in that sense. It just, it can be so incredibly life-changing when you understand what your personal needs are, because we're all so different. So that'd be the cool, that'd be the cool, like everything coming together at the end. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So I feel like, I don't even know if I have the right words for this. I feel like you're a much better prepared adult as a college person than I was oh in college, <laughs> after college, possibly even now, right? Oh like, my God, you whatever. Have, <laughs> you have such a grasp on like what you want to do. And it's like, has concrete ideas and there's like, it connects to other things you like. Like, I think I started school and I majored in psychology and I was like, yeah, psychology is cool. Like, yeah. and then, you know, four <laughs> years in, I'm like, what am what am I going to do? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to go to grad school yet. You know, so it's just like, had no idea what I was doing. And it's like, yeah, it's such a great idea, but also like are successful already before you've even finished school. Well, thank so, you. You're so nice. <laughs> uh, well, you know, <laughs> you, you agreed to come on my podcast. So I feel like I have to, I have to be kind of great. Um, so with that, I guess let's, can we transition into talking about your book? I was thinking we were going to talk about other stuff, but actually I realized your book is going to be like the platform that's going to get us everywhere on all of the questions <laughs> I have for you. So I know you, I love you it. said it's the player's plate, but can you tell yeah. us a little bit like in a couple sentences what it's about without like spoiling everything, but then also can you tell us, I guess, what made you write a book? Yeah. So 
I guess on the first part, I actually don't mind sharing at all, like whatever's in the book, because I feel like it helped people give, get a better idea of the kind of lessons they'll learn throughout. And I've come to realize that a lot of people really have no clue what is inside. I know for a while, a lot of people thought it was like just a cookbook and it's really more of a holistic guide to sports nutrition. And I wrote it, I was inspired to write it because basically in high school, I did basketball, volleyball, cross country, and track. So I was all over the place doing a million things. It definitely helped me prepare to like be doing a lot all the time that I'm doing now. I'm trying to take this off my plate, but anyways, um, I, when I went into my senior year of high school, I started focusing on running and I was pretty decent at like all sports, but didn't think I was going to get to compete in college. I was just excited to, you know, be able to be competing in high school and really focusing on academics. And then whenever I started focusing on running that senior year, I also started learning more about nutrition and and eating well. I knew literally nothing. I ate fast food all the time growing up, like didn't really have any knowledge about what was good for my body or how to feel myself correctly. And so it was really fascinating to me how big of a difference it made in my running and just really just feeling so much better all the time by having the right fuel. And so I got super passionate about it and interested in it. And then my cross country season of my senior year, I qualified for state for the first time ever. And I was so excited. It was like, I've been working out for this, like since the whole summer and I wasn't even close to qualifying in the years before. And sadly the weekend of, I started feeling really sick and I had been feeling kind of off for the week. I mean, for the month leading up to it, just couldn't really focus in conversations. Wasn't really acting the same. And I didn't really know what was wrong. Um, and the night before the state cross country meet, I actually went into a coma for two days because I drank too much water. And so that was a huge wake up call for me of just being like, wait, everyone thinks that you need to be drinking more water and like eating super clean to be able to like reaching your athletic goals. I, if anyone was looking at me from the outside in, it would have like, I was doing everything perfectly. I was running great everything was quote unquote going well. And so that was a really pivotal moment for me because essentially I had already tried to, I was not feeling great. And so I was going to bed in the hotel and my roommate and my coach came in to check on me that night. They could have just let me go to sleep, but my coach like came in to shake my shoulder and check on me. And it looked like I had a seizure. And so he called the ambulance. And if he hadn't come in to check on me, I probably wouldn't be here today. So that was really the big inspiration of why I wanted to write this guy. Just be like, not only help athletes understand the fundamentals, because everyone is so unique and all of our needs are so completely different as far as nutrition goes, but there are like fundamental guidelines that can help you learn how to recover and feel better as you're chasing your goals. But then the whole second half of the book, the first half is all education, kind of teaching you these fundamentals. And then the whole second half is all about balance and understanding that it's not about just having a perfectly macro balanced meal or drinking all of the water all the time, because the extremes can be just as detrimental as not taking care of it at all. Um, And that was really the more important part of the book that I was passionate about writing and sharing with the next generation of athletes, just understanding that it can be so easy 
for us to be like, I'm going to do everything I can to chase my goal and no one's going to stop me and get too wrapped up in it. And understanding that fueling as an athlete is also like when you're doing it the best, you're also honoring like having balance in your life and doing fun things with your friends and having all of the ice cream and just understanding that being happy as a person and having those social connections. Like one of my chapters is literally the importance of eating with your teammates and the importance of eating your meals with others, because so many elite athletes can get so wrapped up in having perfect macros or exactly the super high quality nutrient meal that they can cook in their own kitchen that they'll get super isolated and start eating on their own and feel very lonely and the anxiety and depression and mental health detriments that can come from that are way worse on your mental health and performance than any, I don't know, hamburger ever could be. So really understanding that bigger picture and kind of teaching that through the stories of other athletes throughout the book was the way that I thought would just be a great way to teach these stories and be easy for younger athletes to absorb and it really resonate with them. Yeah. So I want to say I got a sneak peek of the book. So and it <laughs> is awesome. And, and maybe it's just because like, I'm the kind of person who that is like the kind of book I'm going to read. So I have like no free time anymore and I don't read, but <laughs> yeah if I was going to read, which I did read your book, but if I was going to pick up a book, it would be that kind of yeah. book. So like the education piece, um, it's fun that there's recipes in there, like, you know, just mm -hmm. like extra stuff. And it's like, okay, I can think about the book and do this when I'm cooking, you know, like that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. then also like, it has all that personal stuff. So like you feel like connected to you and your story. Um, so really it is to me like the best kind of book. Um, with that, um, I also want to commend you on, and I don't even know if this was a conscious thing that you did. So you, when you talked about, um, the diet that you were on, you talked about like having a specific diet and trying to eat really healthy. And then all of the, you know, the things that were going well for a little bit and then how things tanked, but you didn't describe mm -hmm. in detail what kind of diet you were following in terms of like, this is how much of this I was eating. This was what I was eating here. And this is what I was eating here. And to me, so my mom works with people with eating disorders and it's constantly mm -hmm. something that we talk about, like how people can be triggered in certain ways. Um, and I just thought it was really great that like, you didn't put those things in because like, that wasn't the important part. Like the important part was like yeah. nutritionally and like all the imbalances that were happening to you, but it didn't really matter. Like you were only eating broccoli or something. Right. Um, and cause you know, some people are going to have that skewed idea of like, well, she was only eating this and she was getting better until things got out of control. Yeah. Right. So um, I just want to commend you on that because whether you did it on purpose or not, like that can be so helpful to people that maybe have struggled with like finding their nutrition as an athlete or anything like that too, is like not to be triggered or inspired or anything about like what you were doing that wasn't working. Yeah. And like, then you're able to really focus on the real specifics of like what will work, what does work, what's good for you. Um, so that was really awesome. Thank you. That means a lot. I like, it really means a lot. Cause I, it was like conscious. It was, it was hard to figure out how to be able to tell that story without like going into the details. And I, I totally understand how that can be so tripping to people who are reading it. And so it was like the amount of thought that went in like reading it over and over and over, just thinking about all the different ways that younger athletes could interpret it and be affected by it. I am, it is music to my ears to hear you say that. So thank you so much. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, of course. Cause I'm like, I, I can't even imagine how hard it can be to like, especially with like the way the world can be so reactive to things now. And just like, you know, there's just so much tension and everyone's in such a stressed place that it's like, you put something in writing, it's there forever. So it's like, you want to get yeah. it perfect. And um, yeah. I think you did a really great job. Can you talk Thank a little you. bit about your, I know you talked about like depression, anxiety, and all those things that can come from you know, the isolation of eating super healthy and all those mm-hmm. things too. But can you talk a little bit about like where your mental health was when you were in, like before you had the coma, obviously, and then even recovering from all of that, because I can imagine that was, as well as your body's getting healthier and you're probably starting to feel better. Like you may not be feeling better. Um, yeah. and then also versus now where I'm hoping you're in a really good place. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually crazy to think about because so that, fall whenever I was going through that cross country season I actually remember I feel like all of the different support and conversations around mental health were kind of just starting this was in 2019 and I remember going one of my friends was actually leading this presentation in our theater about mental health and depression and anxiety and I honestly didn't really know much about it or any of the symptoms And I remember sitting in the crowd alone as I was often at that time in my life and hearing all of the, like her, like listing all the symptoms and being like, wow, like that kind of describes me right now. Just like fidgeting with your fingers or like, I wouldn't like listen to music in the car. I didn't really enjoy hanging out with my friends anymore. Like all I wanted to do was just wake up, run, go to school, come home, go to bed by 8 p.m. And I was like, I wasn't even like living a life at that point. And so it was like, all I could think about was that state me. And then going into my coma night before, it was like, it really gave me this opportunity to be like, reevaluate, wow, I just lost so much of my life before even like that event happening. Um, And so after that, it was actually like medically, my brain was off after the coma because whenever you bring so the reason why it took me two days to come out of coma is because they have to bring up your sodium levels extremely slowly whenever obviously when you eat a high sodium meal like you you swell or whatnot but if they raise your sodium levels too quickly your brain will swell and that can be very dangerous so that's why they had to do it very slowly and for the next two weeks according to my family I still like wasn't myself afterwards just kind of like getting back to normal. So that was definitely a weird transition. Just like not like I would for the first week back, it was actually really weird. I would just like fall asleep in the middle of conversations or just not be myself. And so that was definitely scary for all of them to see, because they didn't know if I would ever get back to being the same Emily that I was before. Um, but after that, I definitely just did a lot of work of just reevaluating and like obviously incorporating more sodium, understanding what electrolytes are and putting those in my water. But I really feel like going to college was a whole new adjusting period of having to be in a new environment and learning how to feel there too. Um, and I'm really grateful that like, I actually last year, so the conclusion of my book, I was writing it last year, all throughout my track season, which was actually really beautiful because last track season was the first season in college where I really felt like I was the runner that I knew I could be and believed in being. I didn't really have good seasons before that. And so it was really cool for me to be able to be writing, finishing the final edits on my book and also writing the conclusion 
while going through these intense competitions at the end of last track season. Um, anyways, the reason why I was able to do better, I actually was diagnosed with celiac after cross country of last year. And so that was a huge game changer for me, understanding that particular detail about my story and my nutritional needs. And it was a good reminder for me to be able to put in the end of the book, like, look, I just wrote this whole book and I'm writing conclusion. And I just found out a whole new thing about myself. It's like, this is going to be a journey that you're working on for the rest of your life. And like, it, you're going to be the most successful if you always keep an open mind and are always willing to continue learning because there are always going to be new research articles that come out and debunk ones from earlier and conflicting opinions and just really being able to understand your personal needs and that those needs will also change over time can help you reach your potential and also just be in a much better, happier um, place with your mental health as well in your athletic career. Yeah, no, and I meant to even bring up the celiac thing and I realized I had that on my paper notes that I wrote down, which of course didn't bring with me into where I'm recording today. So I'm like looking, I'm like, there was definitely something else I wanted to ask you about. Um, and I know the world is so different now from like 10 years ago or whenever I used to run and we did pasta dinners, but do you have a favorite? Cause I know lots of people with celiac, like my entire step family all has celiac. Um, okay. and personally, I don't love eating gluten-free stuff with yeah. them, but, um, I imagine you guys do pasta dinners a lot still, if that's still mm -hmm. a thing that runners do before yep. and everything. Um, do you have a favorite pasta brand that's gluten-free? That's a great question. Um, so not before meats. I like bonza pasta. It's like the chickpea pasta, but yeah. it's definitely it's definitely like a little high in fiber for like trying to have a pasta dinner before a meat. Um, we actually most of the time right now, like for cross country season, we cater from restaurants, and I'm super grateful that a lot of the restaurants have um, gluten free pastas, and so. I'm really not that picky with it. So as long as they like are very clear that they've been careful about no cross-contamination and whatnot, I don't really have a particular brand of like normal pasta, but definitely for the, the chickpea pasta, I love Bonza and it tastes like normal pasta too. So I would highly recommend to anyone it's high in protein and it's great. Yeah. I, I feel like I have some of that in my cabinet actually. And I'm like, oh, yeah. we'll make that for dinner tonight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so you have recipes in the book. Do you have a favorite one? I have not tried any of them yet, but I wanted to know what your favorite oh was. Definitely the peanut butter banana protein pancakes. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's the last recipe. Um, and I didn't explain this earlier, but I kind of teach the sports nutrition concepts through the, at the stories of elite athletes. So I interview incredible athletes like April Ross, Olympic volleyball gold medalist, and Jesse Thomas, two-time Ironman champion, and several others. And ask them what core sports nutrition concept they wish they had known or learned at the beginning of their athletic career. And then I had kind of focused their chapter around that concept. And then, like you mentioned, have a recipe at the end, teaching you how to put into practice what you just learned. So I kind of like tie the recipes in that way. And so there's only eight of them, but the pancakes are definitely my favorite. They're the last ones. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like they were the last ones because that actually stuck in my mind. And I'm like, that must have been the last one that I read. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have to try those ones over here <laughs> for sure soon coming up. Um, now, so you talk to all those, you talk to athletes, you talk to dietitians, you talk to like all kinds of really cool people. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's hard to pick like your, like what lesson resonated the most with you, but was there through all of those interviews and writing the book and trying to piece it all together, was there like one specific takeaway that you got from all of that, whether it's about sports, nutrition or balance or any of those things? I mean, I've touched on like kind of throughout just how individualized all of our needs are. Um, And I also wanted to mention that like I, I was so excited and and energized to write this book, but also very well aware that there are so many incredible people who've done all the work to get the registered dietitian title. And I'm not trying to say that I am a registered dietitian or like take anything away from them. And so like my first chapter, I actually interview Maddie Alm and she is an incredible person. She has qualified for the Olympic trials and is actually a registered dietitian as well. And her whole chapter is about the importance of understanding what that title is and the importance of working with them. And so I thought that was really cool for me to have it as my first chapter, especially for younger athletes who don't understand the difference between that title and nutritionist, because nutritionist isn't protected behind, like literally protected behind nearly as much work and credentials that you have to do to be able to earn registered dietitian label. Um, and so I was just really excited to be able to, if athletes get one concept from the book that they understand the first person to talk to, making sure that they have the proper credentials and um, experience behind them. And so I also had a bunch all throughout the book, I cite registered dietitians and scientific studies and even had a registered dietitian look through the whole book and review the whole thing for me. So that was definitely cool for me to get to share with the next generation of athletes because it's something that I didn't fully understand until I was a senior and like really getting more into understanding what sports nutrition was and now I get to work with them all the time I'm so grateful to have our amazing staff here at Duke and I know once athletes are in college a lot of the different lessons that they teach can seem like it's like common knowledge but i very well aware that it's not for a lot of younger athletes that are growing up and really just starting it out in their athletic career. So that was definitely a big one that I wanted to make sure that I touched on in the very beginning and making sure that people knew that I also wasn't saying like, I am the expert who you should ask for advice. I'm just the messenger of all their knowledge. (laughs) Yeah, no. And I, I love that. And I love that kind of like segues into what my next question was going to be too, about like talking about sports nutrition to youth athletes. So I have a youth running club. So I'm constantly talking to young runners and we really don't talk that much about fueling food or any of those kinds of things. Like I said, my mom works with people with eating disorders. So she is a registered dietitian and she'll give like, sometimes like, can you come up with like a cute recipe to hand out the kids and stuff? Um, Mm -hmm. That's for the extent that we go. And then thinking of my own experience a long time ago. Um, you know, the only time we talked about food with our coaches or anybody like that was like, okay, guys, don't forget to go to the pasta dinner the night before. Um, and that was it. Right. Um, (laughs) and it sounds kind of like you didn't have a whole lot of, you know, you were doing your own research on what should I be eating and all those kinds of things. Um, so obviously getting the book is a great step for people who are interested in sports nutrition, but do you have like one or two things that coaches or parents can do like kind of to help with that like obviously we'd like things to change and us to all be able to educate kids on being healthy and sports and all those kinds of things but like 
you know, like what's a good starting place for the people who are working with young athletes in your opinion? I, I will first, I think that like you mentioned, I do think that reading the book is a great place to start. Um, especially just, I talk about in the end to like the importance of the words you use and the conversations that you have around food and understanding how powerful words that you have can be on, um, affecting how someone does choose to feel themselves and their mental health and, and relationship with food afterwards. So obviously that, but then also I know registered dietitians, sometimes people might not be in the place where they can afford to work with one or they have access to one. And I just want to make it like, make sure everyone is well aware that there are so many registered dietitians who are on social media and putting out such great information. And so if you can just like go on Instagram and, and find a couple of those registered dietitians, find one that has worked with us, like work specifically with the sport that you're talking about, maybe has experience with athletes similar to you or your child. And that way their content will be more directed to what you're passionate about and interested in. And that can be invaluable to helping you learn lessons and really be able to get that high quality information without having to pay and and work on work with somebody one-on-one. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of like social media and that maybe shows my age too, is like, (laughs) I know people are using social media for like real functional things and all kinds of resources and stuff. And it's like infinite access for free. Right. And I hadn't even thought of that. So that is awesome advice. Um, okay. Last thing, at least that I have, and obviously if you have more, you want to share that I didn't ask about, feel free, but you have a podcast and I realized I know nothing about even what it's about. (laughs) I just know that you have one. So can you fill me in and everybody else? Yes, for sure. So I have actually, over the past couple of years, as I've like built up a following, have done a lot of NIL deals, which stands for name, image, and likeness. For those who don't know, it's the new laws that came out last year, allowing student athletes to be able to make money off of their name, image, and likeness and, and be able to promote brands on their social media and get paid to do ads and things like that. So I have gotten a lot more involved in that world over the past couple of years too. And working, partnering with companies like Dick Sporting Goods and Foot Locker and and Therabody. And that has been a really cool experience for me, but then also just the relationships I've gotten to make from it with other athletes have been incredible. So one person in particular, she's actually, she writes for Forbes and is the founder of Business of College Sports. Her name's Christy Dosh. And she has been an invaluable resource and mentor for me throughout this journey. So she actually reached out to me about starting a podcast on NIL, where we would interview other athletes that are really doing a lot with their name, image, and likeness and using their platform to kind of support causes they're passionate about and make a difference. And I was obviously super interested in doing it because I love talking and I had been on her podcast before. That's how she kind of knew to reach out to me. And uh, it has been an absolute blast. We've had about four episodes released so far. And it's just been so cool to get to hear the athletes, you know, teach the lessons that they've learned throughout the process because it's all so new and companies and athletes, no one really knows what's like, you know, what's a good price for a deal or what is a good contract for a deal. Like everyone's kind of navigating it all at the same time. So it's really cool to be able to learn lessons and 
hear stories from these athletes who've been through it themselves and has been able to really find success in the space. And what's the name of your podcast? I don't know if I missed that. So it actually kind of goes with the book. So it's called the player's platform. Oh, the player's plate and the it. player's platform. <laughs> oh my gosh. So awesome. Okay. <laughs> Emily, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Um, I was so excited to do this interview and I, like I said, I loved your book. So it's like, I cannot wait to actually meet you and I'm not in person, but, um, and talk to you about everything that you're doing. It sounds like you're doing so much incredible stuff for all of the youth athletes, which is obviously something really close to my heart. So, um, that's just so incredible. So I really commend you on, on all of that while you're still in school and competing and all those things. Um, so that's really (laughs) awesome too. I don't know how you do it. Um, no is there anything, is there anything, Thank you else so much, that, oh, <laughs> is there anything else that you want to share with us real quick? And then also where can we find you besides getting the player's plate and checking out the player's platform? Of course. Yes. First of all, thank you so much for all your kind words. I'm also so impressed by you. And I always love getting talks like a fellow runner and fellow podcaster <laughs> too. So fun. Um, it's been an absolute blast to be on the show. And I was, I'm so excited to get to hear and for everyone to get to listen. Um, but I guess the best places to find me are definitely Instagram, super simple. It's just Emily Cole, E-M-I-L-Y-C-O-L-E. But I also am on TikTok. I have, it's just the same thing, except there's two E's at the beginning and the end. And then the best place to get the book is actually just theplayersplate.com. And whenever it publishes on Amazon, when it publishes on November 2nd, you'll be able to buy it on Amazon too. So those are kind of the best places to reach me, but yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been so fun. Of course. Thank you so much. I just want to thank Emily so much for coming on the show and taking the time or finding the time to talk with us, because as you heard, she is incredibly busy and I'm sure this was challenging, but I'm so happy she came on the show to get to share her story, share what she's doing, um, share all these incredible resources with us. So that was really, really awesome. Um, Like I said, her book is dropping in November. So that is only a week away at this point. So make sure you check that out. Check out her podcast. All of the links are in the show notes. And I'm sure if you follow her on her Instagram or any social media, you will be able to see how her season is going because we didn't talk too much about running, but um, I will be interested to see how she is doing this year also. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, all the things that you can do for a podcast that you enjoy listening to. Make sure you check out social media, our website, any of those things. If you have questions, comments, interview requests, feel free to email me at marikeerunclub at gmail.com.